Hello and welcome to Essential Viewing, AYCH movie podcast. My name is Jonathan and joining us are my six lovely co-hosts. My name Colt. It's supposed to not at Pat. They finally let me on one of these. I'm Tanner. <laughs> uh, keep that up. You, you, you'll be put back. You'll come we'll, back. We'll put you back in the penalty closet. You messed up. There's only five co-hosts. Well, I'm, I'm seeing six people right now. Jonathan well, was counting himself as the co-host. Yeah. As, as well as host. <laughs> no, I mean the guy sitting next to Cody. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. He just barked. Uh, I don't know if I have enough mics for that. Very why is everybody looking at me Us? oh my god I forgot Cole has a mic in front of him I thought this was supposed to pick up his little grunting <laughs> what um, oh. what's going on Dawson you didn't even say your name oh my name's Cody man why you look I already introduced myself oh wait did you yes oh <laughs> Wait, I completely missed that. I, miss I, I did too. I don't think you did. He said he's Walnut Wenzel. Oh, yeah. Did you? Oh. What? I don't <laughs> did you ever fucking drug me and like uh, tell me to do some real fucked up shit? <laughs> and then throw me in a room for 15 years? Yeah, keep talking. Alrighty. You know, it's the holiday season. <laughs> and, and it's the holiday season. <laughs> It's all about family, am I right? Oh, my oh. God. Today, oh. we are talking about. Uh, Park Chan Wook's 2003 film Old Boy. Uh, spoiler alert! Uh, don't listen to this um, if you uh, want to be spoiled. However, I mean, yeah, if it, you want to be spoiled, listen. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Come back. This is a movie that's very dependent on a turn at a certain point, and so yeah, let's go around the room and uh, see. I would also like to mention there was some mature content that will be talked about. Ah, uh, shut uh, up. <laughs> I'm just saying, if that's something you are wanting to steer clear of. Uh, what, what sort of mature content? What are the... Uh, oh, what are our triggers? Oh, oh, rape. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's just say like sexual violence, incest, uh, torture, gore. Yeah, so big content warning at the start. So. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> live animal being consumed. Literally, uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, when? I was like, I thought you were talking about the dog, yeah. <laughs> I was like, y'all missed, I missed the part. Yeah, I missed that too. All right, so let's go around the room and get because this is everybody's first time seeing it, right? Except yeah. for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get everybody's first impressions of Old Boy. Um, like what I thought when I like the f- first started it, or overall uh, opinion? Just overall opinion. It's a hard. It's hard to really think about when it comes to this movie because uh, I have so many questions. Whenever it ended, the fact that did he lose his memory after it was over, or well, we should probably get into we'll that. get into we'll, that. We'll, we'll get into that. But I like it a lot. I liked it a lot. There's a lot of fucked up shit going on in it, but everything about it, like the way it was shot and. There were some beautiful scenes, especially when the fighting, the action in this movie was really, really good. And I, I don't, I don't know what to say without spoiling a scene because I know we want to jump into it. Uh, as for me, I, I really, I really did enjoy the movie. It's definitely pretty like shocking in terms of just like some of the content and just sort of and sort of the reveals. I guess I was a, a different in, in everyone else in here is that I knew the basic plot of the movie and sort of like the revelation at at the uh climax but i had never seen it and to sort of see even with knowing sort of the structure of the movie it was still like it still surprised me with some of the things that happened and sort of like the other revelations so it's it's a very strong movie for me um so i'm so the only thing i knew about this movie prior to watching it is i knew it won the Grand Prix Award at the at the 04 cans, and I knew what the poster looked like, and I assumed it was a buddy cop story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is very much not what it was. But I mean, I I love this movie. I mean, I, I do a thing where I usually rank like my top ten first time watches in any given year, and this pro like definitely cracks that top ten as of right now. Uh, I I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. It's a gorgeous movie. 
Uh, I think it's a really good movie, and I think it's very much a product of its time because we see a lot of those movies with the same sort of style, cinematography, the grittiness, the almost like the greenish blue hue to the entire film itself comes out around this time. I.e., The Matrix. Uh, uh, what is that one movie with Brad Pitt and it's uh, Seven? That Seven and Fight Club. Fight Club. No, and yeah. There's another one with Brad Mr. Pitt. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The 12 Monkeys, I think, is another one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Virtual movies yeah, that yeah, come yeah. around this time with this weird industrial um, look to them. And I think that this is like, whenever we think back to early 2000s, we're starting to finally sort of solidify what that looked like. And this movie is really a part of that look. Um, as far as content goes, I was really... I was really uh, surprised at some of the stuff that they dive into into this movie. I don't really know what uh, to say about the content um, <laughs> besides its its wild twists and turns. There in this movie, you know, you have when it comes to a lot of action movies, um, you have a lot of like very very lots of attacking, lots of fighting, lots of very big action scenes. And then you have some of those movies that intend to be a little bit more artsy, a little bit too artsy sometimes that can kind of miss the point of the actual action parts of the, parts of the scenes. I think this movie had a good mix of both, and I really enjoyed it. Um, going in, I already knew about the hallway scene, like how, like, yeah, that was like, because I remember I would look up random fight scenes, and one of the, one of the ones that would always pop up is that one, because that one is always, like paraded around and it's very good it's a very good scene it's uh yeah like outside of like the the twist reveal at the end it's probably the thing it the movie's best known for yeah and like having seen that i was like oh my god this must be a crazy like fight in oriented movie and like no it's not and that's what i think kind of like got me too was like knowing like the plot i was like the plot is structured very simply and i'm like there has there has to be a twist. There has to be a turn because there's no way it's like so like simple as to going down this one path. Like yeah, there's these little like mo like these little moments, but overall it just seemed like it's going one way, and that is for the the uh, protagonist to meet the antagonist, and that's kind of what happens. But it takes a very huge turn, and overall I liked it. I like this movie. Yeah, th- this was my second. Yeah, my second time seeing this movie, and I remember the first time I fell in love with it, and this time I, I loved it too. The only thing I knew going in was uh, when when you start to like dive into Korean cinema especially, this is usually the movie everyone talks about. It's mm. usually that first one. Because it was one of the first movies that got a lot of over like international acclaim instead of outside of, outside of uh, South Korea. Yeah. Uh, it's just really well acted. Really, it make it really makes me want to learn Korean just because of like the the cadence of the dialogue is mm-hmm. very like poetic and yeah, it's just it, it's <laughs> definitely a hard watch in some cases. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But yeah, overall, I think th- this is one of my favorite movies. I could say. Um, I was gonna say though, it it feels very po- poetic, especially like with uh, the main character when he's writing down his essentially his journal and then mm-hmm. like um even though I may be a beast I don't I deserve to, to live, live or something to yeah I don't fight. have the right to live yeah yeah and so um <laughs> one of the things we want to start out with is the uh Park Chan-wook said like the two biggest inspirations for this movie were Oedipus Rex Fuck. for <laughs> obvious reasons yeah. because yeah, there, there's a lot of like incest shit, and then uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, <laughs> which is explicitly linked, mentioned in the movie, is yeah. like someone's like username or something like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, that those both of those works really deal with like different essentialisms about like fate and um, destiny. Uh, also. Um, uh, dealing with like structural powers of the time, especially with the Count of Monte Cristo, it being dealing with nobility and how they can abuse power, as far as I understand it. Yeah. But um, so yeah, the which I'm um, sorry, go ahead. Um, 
Sorry, Cody's telling him to lift up his mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does everyone? Is there anything anyone wants to start out on? Like, like any one point. Um, the opening, I guess, because I thought the opening it set me up thinking this is gonna be a fun, lighthearted ish movie where he's going batshit in the police studio, not police studio, uh, police station, and he's just singing and he's wearing his little uh, present for his daughter, the wings, <laughs> those damn wings. And then they has a fucked up symmetry at the end where she's sitting in the hotel with the wings and it's like, Ugh. yeah, uh, no. I was going to go back to what you said before about like the nobility and stuff. We see that in this movie with the uh the main antagonist being yeah. in a living in a penthouse being the villain and then we have the protagonist being essentially like uh I mean we 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 don't really know his background other than like he's you know it's very loose like an everyman yeah he's very very much an everyman. He's comes from the lower uh, lower class uh having to fight against this you know upper class uh e- like essentially evil but the, it's interesting because they both came from the same place they came from yeah the they came from school. the same place exactly yeah. um one of the things about this movie that i i saw was no one wins like no there's no there's no winner here. No. no no and uh which is a tragedy which kind of like like mm-hmm. it kind of harkens back to those old like Greek and Shakespearean yeah. tragedies, yeah. and and that was a very explicit on yeah. the part of Wook. And you start to see like that sort of developed throughout the throughout the 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 movie is just there's no there's just no winning. Like the guy can't win for anything, and the guy the the enemy is always a step ahead, and the enemy stays a step ahead to the very very end, and even at the end the enemy gets his revenge. Like the whole movie is about revenge. Is two people getting revenge against each other. One for pettiness and one for extreme non-pettiness, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. And but they all both have very not great outcomes. So um, I thought that was I don't know. I think it's very cool that they hit two people getting trying to get revenge <laughs> at the yeah. same time. For yeah. Different varying it, it, degrees. What in a way they're kind of similar. The way that they're getting revenge on each other. One of them doesn't know why, he, like he's doing it, but in some form, it's a similar revenge for the same actions. Or he's wanting him to feel what he felt. The I can't remember his name. What's the uh, anta- character antagonist? Uh, Lee Woo Jin. Lee Woo Jin wanted uh, Daisu Daisu to fuck his daughter, so that he would feel the incest, the pain. Uh, well, it's not. He wasn't feeling pain. He was into it. I was about to say, Lee Woo Jin, So Lee wow. Woo Jin felt no shame for what he did. Or yeah. Daisu, on the other hand, a didn't know because I guess we're kind of bearing the lead here, saying Lee Woo Jin put Daisu in a prison sort of deal. Yeah, like we like Cole just completely jumped ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Should we just get into that then? Since yeah. We, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we're assuming that if you you're listening to this, that you have watched, the seen the movie, or know yeah. enough yeah. about it. So, but let's just go in and explain essentially like what happened. Day Su, the main character, got imprisoned by Lee Wu Jin for 15 years, and during that 15 years, he was able to hypnotize him and his daughter, who he hasn't seen for 15 years. So then, uh, Day Su breaks out. And he meets a woman who he ends up having sex with. This woman who he has sex with turns out to be his daughter later on. Which is when the he big f- twist. Which is the big yeah. twist when he confronts Lee Woo Jin, who the reason why he was taking out this revenge on Dae Su was that a long time ago, back when they were in the same school, uh, Dae Su saw Lu Woo Jin having sex with his uh, sister Lee Su Oh, I think was her name, Lee So. I, I think that's right. Um. And because of that, uh, Daesu sp- accidentally spread a rumor, and that rumor grew, 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 until eventually uh, Lee Woo Jin's sister took her own life. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how it comes all around, full circle. To me, I, like, I, I know uh, we've described the movie as like an action movie, but I don't... It's. Not, I mean, it's not an action. No. Movie. It's, it's definitely yeah. a psychological thriller for sure. And with action moments with action moments, but the action moments in the movie, I think, are so 
got so fucking good, especially the the single shot fight scene in the hallway. I mean that I mean it's one of the best scenes I've ever seen like ever period. Just I mean Oof. there's no dialogue and it's like and it's done in a, a realistic way because obviously when you do scenes like one guy fighting a, a dozen guys, like it doesn't really come across as realistic unless it's well, like unless you've seen Daredevil. <laughs> because it's sure. not the same because, <laughs> because Daredevil yeah, does a the scene in Daredevil uh, season 1 where he fights these uh Hoodlums in a hallway. It's all a single shot, single take, and, and it's l- obvious. Like it's I, I, a callback. Yeah, there's yeah. no dialogue in there, and Daredevil is tired, just like uh, Daisu in this scene. It's so fucking tired. Yeah, no, and, and it's just something like watching it made made me realize because I mean, obviously in Daredevil, you know, Daredevil's like a superhero sort of deal or vigilante, whatever. But like, this is just a regular dude. I mean, well, I mean, the only the only thing Daredevil has going for him is that he has increased senses. I mean, sure, sure, but like, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm saying <laughs> no. is like in this movie, he's not supposed to be seen as like it's not like this fantastical thing like Daredevil's yeah. supposed to be. No, he, like it's just like regular dude. Like I mean, I, he, he's not John Wick. Yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. He, he was just he was just punching a wall for fifth for like fifteen years. Yeah, I mean that's I, it. Like I mean it it was done in a very because when the scene started, I was like, wow, this is a you know, being shot really well. I wonder how they're going to like make it realistic. And then they made it realistic. Uh, I, I, I just thought that was good. Like I like realism like that, especially in action scenes. And you don't see that a whole bunch. For the thing about the scene is like, it's realistic in the way he acts like he's tired of the fight and whatnot. But the way that wasn't realistic, it was a small gripe. This is a stupid gripe. If you ask me, but those, they were not uh, fighting as hard as they could. Small, stupid gripe, but you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was about to say. Like, I still do it. I still do it. I don't want people to say, like, hear us it saying it's so realistic, and then they go into watching it, and they're like, yeah, that's I mean, not realistic. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, with the, with Some the, guy, people with, with the guys fighting, they were, like, they were scared. I mean, they were like, kind of scared. They were also trying to judge, like, okay, what's this guy's level? Like, do we just charge in, or do we just, you know, which, I mean, it is kind of dumb, like, for for uh vil- for characters like that to be like ah oh, let's just one by one you know but um you were gonna say something Pat well, I would say like I guess we have to uh, remember a lot of times that realism is not is it re- you know a lot of times re- realism doesn't really match uh, reality like what what we what we see in movies and see in TV shows we think oh that's fake but then we realize strange things happens in real life yeah and I thought what I was gonna say is like you see all the thugs like fighting them kind of like one at a time or just sort of like here and there because like. It's not like oh these are like hardened martial artists they're they pulling out of war they're kind of no just they like, they have fucking sticks like jackasses they kind of pulled off the street for like a a, a, a check and they had to fight this dude yeah and what I thought was cool is just sort of the visual continuity of it how you see like the bad guys get beat up they fall down for a bit they get back up they knock down again like there's a guy who picked up Desu's hammer was fighting with it for a minute there's a guy who got stabbed in the leg with the hammer and he he's, you see him limping the entire way and it just it was just really cool to see how just like just a the ragged progression of the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. And especially later those those same guys they're alive and they're all wounded. Like yeah, they, like one they, of them had like a crutch. One and, of them had a neck brace. Yeah. Like the, like that continues on and yeah, I mean I was gonna say like even though like they weren't fighting as hard as they could, I mean they're all a bunch of thugs. I mean they're all not gonna fight to the best of their ability. You know, no. Well, I mean, them, or the thing is, they could be been a fighting to the best of their ability. They're just not trained. Yeah, like, or, just or like, sorry, I should say they they're not fighting to like full on pure like power you know like straight up like something you see out of fucking batman or something you know like these are these are just guys that like you said pulled off the street well they're also like 30 dudes in a small hallway against one guy and they're not trying not to beat each other up as well yeah i was about to say like this is a small hallway so like yeah yeah, and and they're all actors yeah and it's (laughs) like also too i think about the max you can like one like a group of people can take on one dude is about like five five to seven so which I mean was sort of like how it, like they would like close in and then you know he'd do some crazy shit. And- Which I do, I do love how like how he was trying so he was trying hard to make sure that they were in front of him and not behind them because that was something I was mm-hmm. worried about because if they get behind them you know he got stabbed in the back at some point yeah. and he was just yeah. fucking fighting with that knife in his back I was like oh man it's like a button <laughs> boop. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, don't you just feel bad now? No, Cole, no, after no, what you no. Said? I still I'm like. Just, just, I agree. I agree I'm just there, there was messing some hesitation there in the enemy that would not probably be there in a real life fight. There is some hesitation there that 
would probably be over like the person like he would have in real life would have probably been like okay, overran because the people would him and like push on him as hard as we can until he dies. Like, he all he has is a hammer. Yeah, all you like, have to you do can, is get like five people to just try to tackle him. Right, but then again, you wouldn't have a movie. So <laughs> well, yeah, yeah still there is some realism that you do. And also, I understand that. But there is some realism you have to suspend. But I would expect those who are out there who are watching the movie, who are listening to this podcast, would be able to do that. Yeah, yeah I don't and, think somebody's going to go out there and be like, the fucking line! <laughs> I think I could fight 15 yeah. people in a single and also, file line. <laughs> and like, but also, another thing, too, like, most of the people you see around here fight are a bunch of fucking idiots. So I don't know. I mean, 99% of the people you ever see fight, period, dot, or are idiots. fucking idiots. Yeah. 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 So, and not to say these guys are geniuses pure martial arts masters but anyway (laughs) um (laughs) what i love about this scene in particular it leads to one of the best gags in the movie which for a movie as morose and just fucking dark this movie is hilarious oh yeah there's actually a lot of very funny moments in this movie i mean granted most of them are kind of relegated to the first half of the movie oh yeah. yeah but like that that scene where He's just kicked everyone in these this hallway's ass, and then the elevator opens up, and he just smiles, and then it just hard cuts to the elevator open, opening, and then the body's just falling out. Yep. Do you think uh, Winter Soldier <laughs> um, uh, is a, that elevator scene in Winter Soldier is a homage to this movie? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, because, I mean, Winter Soldier is pro- probably the most... Is artsy Marvel movie? So I mean, I can. Uh, eh, it's, it's up. There. Was this the Akira uh, <laughs> of, of uh, Korean films? I would say yes, but we didn't see well, any of the action. That's one of the things that I did want to mention is that, like, um, going forward from this movie, you do see a lot of like when you see certain things in this movie, you see a lot of references back to, uh, and, it could, and this movie could getting be dragging references from like years past right sure but uh this particular movie to me had a lot of references like the hallway scene the hallway fight scene you see those types of scenes in action movies all the time now right um or a lot of action movies um i don't know just like this movie seems to be like have a lot of little things that happen in it that help other movies, like I've seen other movies with these references. Oh, sure, yeah, inspired. No, this movie was definitely very influential. Has been very influential in the fifteen, sixteen years it's been out for sure. I mean, you, you can see that in just about every scene of the movie. Yeah, for sure. And then a remake with Josh Brolin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, directed by Spike Lee, who's done a lot of good. But that movie, we do not talk about. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. That's, that's who's in it. What? Just a weird combination of people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like set in Louisiana, and instead of being Odessu, he's like John Doucet. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's good. See, I just assumed it was Americans in South Korea, which made it even worse. But knowing that it's in Louisiana makes it a lot better. That's so weird. It's, does, it's does that mean Elizabeth weird. Olsen is working in a sushi restaurant in Louisiana with like a kimono and everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Like, it's like just like this super like naked like uh, homage to the original or something. Wait, hold on. I got a question. Does Josh Brolin eat a live animal in the remake? <laughs> uh, that I don't know. Oh, man. See, I don't understand why you even need the remake. Like this movie is good in its own right. There's no, like even like cinematography wise, dialogue wise, like it's good. It's good quality movie. It's not like it was. And also, it was from 03. Like, the remake only came 10 years after it. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It, wasn't it was a bad timing. It, it was so good, it needed one. <laughs> and why would you switch it to, like, Louis, what? Louisiana? Like, of all fucking places. Louisiana. I don't it's know. This thing, like, that there's, there's this idea maybe in Hollywood that the general American movie going audience just can't relate to a foreign. Uh, to a foreign film like it, it has people from another country or don't people speak another language that they don't, they don't want to watch it or they hate the fact that they have to read subtitles I mean it, it just seems like a very superficial reason to make to read I mean it. I was frustrated reading the subtitles <laughs> I was like ah oh. really no you oh my god <laughs> no it, it definitely we, you watch anime <laughs> we saw that a lot in the early part of the decade I, I think 
like a movie getting so much acclaim this year like Parasite has really put that to rest. We're like, oh, American audiences won't go see this movie and like every showing of Parasite, even here in Alabama, has been sold out. Like, yeah, yeah, I was so surprised at the amount of people that were at our showing for Parasite. I, yeah, it was I, it a lot me, of people. It made me really happy. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, for me, I guess it's just we've ha- we've had like a lot of um we've all had just like i don't know i guess we watch anime so we're used to subtitled things but there are a lot of people out there that just hate subtitles there's they, a lot of people out there that do not want to read subtitles they that, just that don't want to read they're there to watch a movie that makes and no like, sense to, to me, me to me i can't now i'm to the point where i have to have subtitles oh, yeah. most of the yeah. time mm-hmm. unless it's like super simple cartoon like like even with the simple cartoons i don't know what the fuck they're saying like rick and morty and yeah, uh, man. Like, I can watch I don't Rick and English accents. subtitles, yeah. sure. But like when I watch them with subtitles, I get more jokes. I get more like mm-hmm. there's just more information there that you might skip over if yeah. you didn't have subtitles. It's just I don't know. And I guess it, I, I kind of want to say maybe reading subtitles is not necessarily a skill, but it does take a level of concentration to, to be able to read and still watch. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like pay attention to the actual scenery. And stuff. So, like, I kind of get gripes some times, but like, I couldn't imagine cutting out just so much culture just because you refused to read. I don't know. It's not my fault you didn't do good in English class. Well, it's actually <laughs> interesting because I, we do have a friend who hates subtitles. Brian, he hate, absolutely hates yeah. subtitles because and he hates he hates uh, dubs. He has to watch or he hates subs. He has to watch dubs in in anime because he his native language is Spanish. He knows English. But it just annoys the piss out of him because it's almost like he can't pay attention to the mm-hmm. thing. Because it's like because there's that weird language. Uh, no, no totally. It's not a barrier. Totally get that. But it's isn't like, there like uh, Spanish dub? Some not dub subs. Yeah, there's some stuff with that sort of. I don't. I, not, I don't but not like you know for everything. Yeah, yeah usually it's only everything. like the bigger things that will get multiple language yeah. subtitles. Yeah. Like so, most shown in anime will have them, but like nothing. Super artsy, I guess. Not artsy, but lesser known. Yeah. Also, Dragon Ball Z is the only only uh, anime that I'll watch with a dub. Oh, well. <laughs> the Full Metal Alchemist. No. What the fuck? All right, back to the movie. <laughs> back, back to the movie after that long tangent. Sort of going off of what Wenzel was talking about earlier. One of the big reads of this movie is, um, is, is the whole class thing. And while like a lot of the things that this movie is explicitly influenced by, like The Count of Monte Cristo, where it was dealing with more so nobility and um, and like the aristocracy yeah. abusing their power. This is more centered around a more capitalist framework. Yeah. And how, like, it, it is, like, they seemingly start from the same place, but, you know, one, but the... One the gap is disparagingly large. It, it's um, and it really captures that sort of like helplessness of uh, because or just feeling like trapped in your own society, yeah. even though you're told you're, even though there's this whole idea that you know, oh, everybody can rise up because you know, like I said, they start from the same place. And mm-hmm. I mean, granted. I don't think Odesu is like the model citizen either. No, like he's kind of a piece of shit too. Yeah, <laughs> but like the the reason why he's being punished is like I think Cody said was really petty and all all things considered. Yeah, yeah. It, because it, he he's been working up this revenge plan for so long, and it's like what the fuck. And and I was gonna say too, like I, one of the things I love about Liu Weijin, the villain, was that like he. He was like the question you should have been asking was why did Luigian let me out? Because like, because I was thinking that too. Like he was just let out so easily. Like I knew there was something up. There had to be a twist, and that's when it ended up being. And like Cody said, the villain was always steps ahead, like he was, and that's also probably because of his status too. Was that he was able to pay people off? He had him bugged. He had all this shit bought for him and done. And at some point. Daisu, I think, says, like, even though he's escaped prison, he still feels like he's imprisoned because mm-hmm. he can't trust anybody. Like, how many people has he paid off? How many people has he talked to? Where is he listening? Like, all these things. And, like, he could only do that because of his status. And plus, like, and like I guess with traditional movie format where the protagonist and the antagonist have their confrontation at the end, 
uh, Daisu meets Luji Wen like the first third of the movie after he escapes. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and even though he's literally right in front of him, uh, he, he still can't, you know, they, they still can't have their big confrontation because he still has to, his power is, is such that j- just him sort of like dangling the truth about what happened, that's enough to keep Daisu at bay. And sort of like how he, how he's he's so close throughout the whole movie, and Desu can't do anything about it. Yeah, he's literally like because he literally takes pictures of him. He puts him in a taxi. He literally meets him face face to face. But he is so powerful because he knows he knows Desu. He literally he literally mentions in a phone call that he studied him. Like he's that like that he's an expert. He's a on scholar Day yeah. of Desu, so he knows exactly what he's thinking, what he's gonna do, and he knows that he can't kill them at that moment. Because he has so much power over him. It's all, uh, so, no, no, go ahead. I'm just done. I was going to say, it, it, it kind of unpacks what it means to have revenge, in a way. Like, the different aspects of what revenge is. So, like, is revenge the death of the person who did wrong to you? Or is it the or is it the conclusion to the person who did wrong with you? Or is it, or is revenge a part of... Of a whole like knowing why and how and things like that, which I really haven't seen done in movies before. Mm-hmm. It's always like, yeah. uh, so there's, there's always some sort of conclusion to it yeah. all. Yeah, and um, and ultimately at the very end of the movie, we see uh, um, what's his name, Desu, Desu, uh, completely grovel and yeah. and succumb to like like begging him for for forgiveness and i don't know it's very interesting yeah like we because like the, something else too about fate is that like we see clocks and we see also we see like we literally are reminded of like that there, there's a time like this is a time like there's time running out and um i mean it was like like no matter what they were going to they're going to clash at the end and like Cody said you know he he just completely like we see a protagonist who has like even though you think he's won he's lost he's completely lost and even if he were to try and kill uh the Louis Jin Louis Jin at the, I mean he couldn't because the dude with the white hair was going to f- Kick his ass. He's the only one in this this movie that has superpowers. And he just fucking yeah. grappled him. So <laughs> fucking like, judo god. So like it was always so so, so uh, Desu never could win. Like there was no winning for Desu ever in this entire film. And the only time like uh, Desu had like whenever even even after. Um, I mean, it was literally like anytime Desu got close to Louis Jin, he kept getting bounced back, and that was literally what was happening with the guy with the white hair. And the only person who led him to Louis Jin was Louis Jin because he just shot his fucking butler or whatever in the head, which we can assume is just Alfred Pennyworth from <laughs> Batman. Um, but yeah, like this is like the way the way this is done, it, like it is a tragedy, and it's just. And I mean, even at the end, it's like we get a we get a moment where um, Desu tries to uh, talk to the hypnotist to essentially erase his memory, and uh, we're given some ambiguity of whether he was like was the hypnotist actually there or not because his daughter uh, Midu comes over and like who were you with and like she just gone and like what it, like what, did any of that really happen? Yeah. Yeah, but also some of the cuts kind of imply that it's been a bit. It's been yeah. a little while. Yeah, for sure. Since that, uh, but yeah, and, and that was like, an epilogue like, scene. And, and like y'all are saying, like Daisu just cannot win. But he's presented with by Lee Wu Jin that one little thing that will that can keep him going, keep him going, or like either save him or like help him with his revenge. And the whole is like. If you find me and if you figure out why I'm doing this in what was it five days? Yeah, July fifth. I mean, then I'll kill myself instead of uh, Mido. He calls himself the Prince in the High Tower as well. Uh, the the antagonist does. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is uh, the there is actually a third option of just ignoring it all, and he could have just let it go, and that would have saved him. Which it yeah. seems yeah. Like revenge is just going to end up leading them down this path of destruction no matter what. what? It's a destruct- <laughs> it, this movie just shows this path is... Self-destructive. Yep. Self-destructive either way. Well, And we also see it in the 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 guy with that uh, Desu rips the teeth out of fairly early on in the movie and how he just keeps coming back and how that not only affects 
Odesu, but it affects everyone around Desu. Yeah, for yeah. There was, but there's also like the transformation of, I guess not expectations, but like uh, what you view as revenge or as, or it's almost there's that's another major theme. It seems like is like how you view. Success, right? Mm-hmm. How do you view success, right? So, mm-hmm. ooh, didn't mean to hit that. Uh, so, technically, so this guy, obviously, with a lot of money, is very successful, right? The the guy who the the I keep forgetting the names. Lu oh, Lee Wu Jin. I never, I'm never, I'm very bad with names in movies. Um, Lu Wu Jin, he's very successful, but he feels like he's not successful yeah, because of yeah. situations. Uh, the expectations of success shift for uh, Desu whenever he's in the prison because he's like, what if I knock open that wall and when I do, I'm on the 52nd floor. And he's like, ah, but even then I'll be out of here because I'll fall to my death. And so like his expectations of success kind of shift throughout the movie depending on the situation. And, um, And that kind of happens at the end, I would say. With uh, his daughter, or his lover daughter, uh, <laughs> the whole, like, expectations of success, like, well, you know, I don't, you know, so I don't have a tongue anymore. Yeah. yeah. But it also go- gets into, um, like, like you were saying, how it shows how de- destructive this is, but also, in a lot of ways, how inevitable it is. Yeah. yeah. Because y- you can't let some, like, being held captive for 15 years go like that. I mean, as much as you want to, that trauma is going to keep coming back. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things, and, and it, the line that keeps being repeated in the movie was the, even though I am a beast, don't I still deserve to live right or something to live. like that? And yeah. it shows like, and Lee Wu Jin constantly talks about, oh, how I've turned you into a beast. And there's a lot of, especially I noticed on this watch, there's a lot of uh, iconography surrounding Odesu that is very beastly. Like there, there's one scene with him and Mido and in the background behind Odesu is the original King Kong poster. Oh, well, huh. I was which, gonna, which very much fits with the, I was going to say though, in the very beginning scene, whenever uh, he's holding the man who's trying to kill himself, it's like his face is obscured and like his way, his hair is like all frizzy and stuff. I was like, I was thinking like, he looks like an animal, like in that moment. Yeah. And, well, and, and then at the the end of the movie where he just has that breakdown. Where he's like, he's like I'll be your bitch, I'll be your dog. Yeah, yeah. and starts barking. Like, yeah. this movie is not very subtle uh, <laughs> at, at all. It was like, oh, even though I'm a beast. And it's like, oh, he's not literally a beast. But at the end of the movie, he's literally like, I will be your dog. And starts, like, barking and wagging his tail. I mean, I mean, literally, like, he literally is a fucking animal. Because, like, I mean, he beat the shit out of people. He had sex with... Like, just essentially a stranger who <laughs> turned out to be his fucking daughter. Well, also we get, uh, like, a little insight of he's had kind of, like, a very playful past. He's yeah. apparent, apparently had uh, sex with 230 women, it was said at one point in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of them were married when they were trying to figure out who could be doing this. It's like, uh, so, I mean, uh, Desu is not, like, upstanding, you know, citizen of the yeah. year material, like kind of a piece of shit himself. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was very much implied in the beginning. He was like an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Even though he was just like a regular salary man. Yeah. He was, As he got drunk on his daughter's birthday and was like late to her birthday or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He literally makes a book while he's in prison, like or several notebooks of just every person he could possibly think of he's ever uh, wronged. Wronged. And, it, and it's several volumes long by, by the end of the his uh, captivity. And... Going back a bit to what you said about sort of like fate, it is sort of interesting how th- there is a sort of fate in the movie, but it's sort of, it's like this like preordained thing. Like yes, uh, yes, uh, everything happens in that movie for a reason, but because all all the incidental things we think in the movie were to be like chance of uh, him he meeting somebody, he meeting the girl, all of that was set up by it was the orchestrated, villain. yeah, through Compl- like through hypnotic suggestion, through like. It's like deep think programming. Like it basically, it's like Lee Lee Jin led Odesu on this like this dotted line throughout the whole movie, and then then at the climax, and he keeps thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be the one to turn the table." And then like he, he like the entire time he was just on like this this uh on this rail that went exactly to where he, he needed to go. Yeah, yeah and 
And and like you're saying, I think that's how the, this movie really kind of subverts uh, a lot of the themes of the works that this is based on, like Oedipus in particular, where it was about fate, but it was more like this preordained thing. It was a thing of the gods. And also, too, <laughs> the, that movie, or, or the play, treats the truth as this all good. Uh, whereas like, I, you have to find the truth. You have to know it. And even when Oedipus gouges out his eyes, you know, also like with the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, for sure. That, that parallel there. <laughs> but when he gouges out his eyes, it, it's more seen as this... Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. He's... Uh, and I think even Oedipus says it's been a while since I've read read it or seen. Oh, it. Don't ask me. <laughs> where, where where he talks about uh, is like I, even though like I've been you know I killed my dad and I'm fucking my mom and everything is like fucked and I'm banishing myself and at least the truth's out and everything is you know or not peachy king but you know. <laughs> You know, finding the truth is a noble goal. Yeah. Whereas whereas this movie, I don't really feel like that's the case. Yeah. Seeing as how, like, Ode Sue is, like, trying to, you know, he he wants to hide that from his daughter. His daughter. Yeah, I was about to say, he was even like, do not, under any circumstance, which is why he was like, like, I'll be your dog. He was like, it's very much... Like with Oedipus, it was like, you know, the truth will set you free, you know, be all fine and dandy. But this is like, nah, let's keep it yeah. up, up between us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, like because he, he was begging. And that was uh, that was an interesting part, too, was uh, uh, Louis Jin kind of like dangled this thing in front of him. Like, all right, if you find this out here, this because he said he tells a story that like whenever I had to get a pacemaker put in, I told the surgeon to put uh, to give me a con- like a remote control so that I can turn it off. So I can kill myself, and he's like, "I will give it. I will give this to you, and you can kill me. Or if you don't do this, I'll kill Mido." So he, at the very end, he gives it to him, and right as he's walking walking off, which I kind of feel like that kind of says something about Daisu's character as well. But why, right as Lu Jin is walking off after faking out killing, gonna kill him and Daisu at the same time, uh, he presses the button to to think. The, or because he thinks he's going to kill Louis Jin, but instead it plays a tape of the recording of uh of the sounds of the of Daisu and his daughter fucking. Yeah, which is like uh that was such a blast. Like fuck you, to Daisu. Pretty much. And, and I remember I, I looked at Tanner when that happened. And he was just like, "What?" Yeah, no, it was it was wild. And then like I know we we're talking a lot about how uh neither of them won. Like in the end, like Liu Jin kind of wins. I mean, he gets win. to take himself out on his own terms. He outsmarts Odesu at every fucking turn, and Lee Woo Jin never felt any shame for what he did. No, he yeah. was he was angry at Odesu for his uh, sister, you know, being the cause of his sister's suicide. But he never felt any shame in any of it. Like, no. and he wins. He took himself out on his own terms and everything. Because he en- he does end up shooting himself in the yeah, elevator. Yeah, he shoots himself in the elevator when he's going down from the penthouse. So it's like, man, it's like, and Ode Su doesn't even get his revenge right because Li Wu Jin finishes himself off. Yeah. And there's like that symbolism of now uh, the antagonist is at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Door, and the door's open. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I there there's that and there's the sacrifice of the there's a sacrifice there's a sacrifice there's a sacrifice of the tongue. Uh there's the there's just a lot there. I, I mean th- sorry, there was a part in there when uh when he's in the elevator, Louis Jin is uh having a flashback of when he dropped his sister or when he let go of his sister on the dam and it was literally like as soon as she fell and died, when he got down at the very last floor, he shot himself. So it was essentially like, you know, the the symbolism yeah. between the uh or the symmetry between the two. Well, I was going to say to the, to the point in the movie where, um, uh, with, with just, just to, on the, just as beautiful symmetry to the whole movie is like is depraved and perverted to this, like um, like the scene where Ode Su is groveling before Lee Ju in, excuse me, Lee Wu Jin, and how there's, there's a point earlier it's like oh he will grovel before me and then he ends up groveling himself, and um, there's a, there's a there's a visual foreshadowing in the very beginning where we're in uh, Lee Wu Jin's penthouse and you see the ornate pair of scissors on his desk. And I knew right away that that was going to come back because I remember seeing that scene where oh they see cuts out cuts out his tongue. And, oh wow! And, like it was really cool just to see them kind of like play their hand like that at the beginning. And then 
just like the just the, the the horrible scene where he cuts out his tongue as a way to grovel even further because uh Lewigen said your tongue is what got my sister pregnant yeah yeah and it was literally just one one sentence yeah it was literally one sentence and it wasn't because you because you expect uh Daisu to have been doing a whole lot more than just one sentence you expect Daisu to have gone off and just rambled off because of the characterization of him in the very beginning of the movie uh, of him just being this person who just talks a lot to the scene with Daisu and the sister sort of having like him being kind of like a bad a bad boy type yeah. him sleeping with 230 women it, it just shows that like oh he's this type of person that just runs his fucking mouth all the time he's just going to get himself in trouble it was one sentence and it was not even like not even like a damning sentence it was more of a question of like hey do you know her and i saw her with another dude and it was a it was her brother i don't i don't know i don't know if he mentioned oh, her brother my bad. Yeah. he knew that it was his her brother i think that was the part that was interesting was that it wasn't even connected to the brother i don't think i don't think the river was connected mm. to the brother whatsoever from my understanding of it all so i don't know it was just like him cutting out his tongue and him having to beg forgiveness and also uh, Lee uh, Jin just accepting it, and he was like, "Yep, we're done." Yeah, yeah. And, and that that sort of ties back to the criticism of capitalism metaphor that the um... turn it toward, oh. turn to the right. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, have you not had the heart fixing? Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. But uh, it sort of ties back into the critique of the capitalism sort of metaphor of this, where, um. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Uh, well, I, I had some stuff to say. Uh, did anybody notice that the pattern on the boxes was like seen throughout the entire movie? Yeah, yeah. on the walls and things like that. Yeah, it, it was uh, purple was or violet was connected to Lee with Jen the whole movie, like, which the violet blue dragon and just like all his little calling cards. They were all purple. His yeah, violet umbrella. Also, mm-hmm. whenever he's uh, in after he got stabbed, he looks at like a cloth that's literally the pattern of yep. the boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, yeah. very subtle movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even the handkerchief that Odessa uses to hold his tongue while he cuts it out, it's purple too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like literally every single mm-hmm. goddamn thing in this movie is had Lee with Jen's fingerprints on it. Yeah. Like every single thing. Fuck. Um, but yeah. Jonathan? Oh, I'm not, I just keep going. <laughs> That's all <laughs> <it. laughs> I'm, I'm just, I, I was just thinking, it's like, God, this movie is, it's a lot. It's very dense. Oh, yeah. It's a very sure. dense movie, but that, I mean, it, it's one of those times, it's, for, to me, it's one of those movies that, yes, you can go back and rewatch and dig at it, or you can take it at its face value, watch it once and really enjoy it. And then put it to the side, you know, and yeah. It, yeah. it's one of those movies that you can you can get out of it as much as you want to get out of it and leave it at the door if you don't want to anymore. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. OK, I remember what I was going to say, because we were talking about um, uh, Odesu groveling and kind of accepting uh, his sort of his fate by the end where, you know, Li Wu Jin basically wins. And, and that's sort of like how, you know, if you're very critical of capitalism you might think you might see like just having to placate that as like having to placate to the system that way like you have to play by their rules yeah even though it's supposedly utilitarian but that that sort of utilitarian nature of that Lee Wu Jin sets up it's it, like like I said earlier it's all on his terms yeah what like which I mean that's the thing about capitalism in general is like it's like considered like you know uh, bootstraps like one eats the other it's like you know fend for yourself but it's also like but you should be able to you should be free to do as you please and it's like with this it's like you have Daisu being essentially free but yeah. he's still playing under the rules of Louis Jin so yeah. definitely for sure and and a lot of like why Li Wu Jin is doing the things he's doing is honestly kind of just obfuscating blame from for himself yeah, because a lot of this, you know, it's like, well, I mean, if you weren't fucking your sister, because <laughs> I, I mean, literally, <laughs> yeah. literally, like he, like he doesn't necessarily force his sister. Well, he does force his sister because he starts slowly taking, like, he takes off her panties, and she's like, stop, and then he doesn't, and yeah. then it goes further than that, and then I mean, she just, and then she just, you know, she just goes with it and watches it in a, herself in a mirror, mirror, yeah, and that's how she discovers Daisu because in he that sees mirror scene with the zoom. With day with uh, Daisu and mm-hmm. yeah. that was good shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> God, it, it, there's a lot, to, and, and then apparently, like I was doing a little bit of reading beforehand, not as much as I wanted to, 
but uh, apparently there's a lot of very uh, culturally specific things about the movie that are really interesting and how the, the a lot of the movie and combined with the class classism metaphor there there's also some like very like Korean specific things especially around like the late 90s early 2000s and their economic climate and there's a lot of like apparently like in this the that mon or the beginning scenes where it's it we're seeing like the 15 years he's in prison yeah. the stuff on the tv like a lot of like the major events that were happening kind of hor- kind of correlate with a lot of what's going on yeah and a lot of them were like korea centric i mean there was only yeah. i would consider two worldwide they showed princess diane car and they showed 9-11 yeah. they showed hong kong being handed yeah and over. hong kong being handed over but a lot of it was very like asian specific it wasn't it wasn't like a typical like worldwide is like oh george bush wins the election which I, which i mean that was mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty crazy yeah. like having just showing that like just that's the passage of time is through television well you know yeah. and that's the, that's what he knows but yeah this time there there, there, there has been a lot of transition that happens over the course of the 15 years that, that Desu is in there. Like, going from, I don't really know what years, but... It, it was 88 to 03, the best I could gather, or 87 to 02. Yeah. yeah. One of those two so spans. So, I think, I think literally, right, at the, it was during the during the beginning half, and the 87 half was at the end of an authoritarian sort of type regime going mm-hmm. on. And it's also the economical, that, that whole was the economic boom that whole era of the 90s was this massive economic boom for South Korea. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see, like, this man literally comes out into this brand new world. Yep. And he was, tap- he was trapped in a little time. time well, and also, capsule. too, like, he, you know, he did, I don't think he really dealt with the internet either. And then, you know, that, that's one of the things they kind of touch on, at, you know, as he gets out. That, you, you know, he, he's kind of having to rely on Mido and uh, Jun Wan, his friend. To, to help kind him of like help guide him, him. yeah. And it's just crazy watching this in 2019, and like what they're showing and from 0203 is like this state of the art. Like that cell phone was a really nice cell phone, but yeah, yeah by but- 0203 standards. And because it was so funny when they first, uh, when uh, Desu got the phone, I was like, man, that phone's kind of shit. And I was like, oh fuck, wait, <laughs> this is maybe it's 2002. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Uh, you wonder if whenever the guy says, don't ask me any questions, when he hands him the phone in the wallet, if he was referring to where you've been and or the cell phone, <laughs> you know, it makes you wonder. Yeah. That, that is quite possible because guy like cell phone. Obviously, cell phones have been around for a long, long time. Like yeah. they've been around since mid 80s in that part of the that part of the world. Well, in the world, but a <laughs> uh, clamshell. Like Japan and Korea, they de- both have had like like cell phones prior mm-hmm. to this, and he would have been in contact with them. But they would have been like bricks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like compared the- to this whole thing, and the fact that that's the one continuity error I have. How would he know how to answer it? You know, that was, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I I was like, this dude never held a cell phone. Like it was. It was. I mean, I guess it was easy. Like I was like, whoa, it's closed. I guess I he open like, it. Whoosh. He's like, like, he flipped the thing open. He was ready to go. Yeah, like yeah. he knew. Uh, so. it, it, it maybe like something that you can hand wave, wave it as like hypnotic programming, just like. Be like, hey, you know, whenever you get a cell phone, this is how you work it. And oh, then, like, actually, yeah. He instinctively knows how to use Battery just learned it from TV. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he, no, he <laughs> didn't have access to TV. He Never mind, we're the right. idiots. Okay, we're stupid. you know what? No continuity errors in this No. Uh, something I also love, too, was the painting in his room. Oh, yeah. The, the fucking ugly, scary Jesus Christ in there. Like, and it literally mm-hmm. aged as he did fuck man yeah. fuck that painting man yeah. Yeah. and it really kind of dealt with that duality between the beast versus the man yeah which, god yeah the, and and I, I implore everybody to like if you're going to watch this movie kind of read up on like a lot of like cultural and historical context because it's, it, it's really interesting and in how yeah like plays. we did <laughs> and, and i think like i think part chan wook is kind of I don't think he wants people to read like political stuff, like political commentary into mm-hmm. his. But like, I mean, it, you know, you can't escape. Again, it. not a subtle movie at it, all. It's, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's not. It, in a lot of ways, it's not very subtle at all. But um, uh, and we'll say this is also an adaptation of a manga. Uh, I, 
I thought I wrote down the mangaka, but I did not. I mean, uh, it's called. It's it called. called I think the original manga is called Sympathy for. Damn it! No, no, no the, the the original co- the manga is called Old Boy. Yeah, I was about to say the author. Yeah, yeah I, I was just talking about like I didn't have the the author. Yeah, but they, oh, also we will say that the, uh, the, the it is adaptation was a very loose adaptation. Of the yeah, it's almost not anywhere similar, and, and from what I've read. A lot of the adaptation, it doesn't really deal with sort of like the psychological damage someone would receive in a situation like that. In, in the sense of like with Odesu, you really see like I could see that how this person would act this way being cut off from people almost all of human contact for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like the he the. Uh, it's not Odesu, but there is different characters' name in the manga. He, when he gets out, he's just kind of like, you, you know, he has like general like, oh man, that sucked. I gotta find, but he, it doesn't really go into the psychological depth. Of yeah, someone would. Uh, Old Boy is written by Garen Sushia and illustrated by Nobaki Minagishi. There you go. And, and also too. Uh, this is the second film in Park, in Park Chan Wook's uh, Vengeance trilogy. Oh, so uh, I've only seen another the one after this, which is a Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Oh, and, okay. And, and it's it's good. It's a very different movie from Old Boy and deals with vengeance in a very different way. Uh, not only just like switching genders, but also uh, it, it just kind of has a more it has a very different tone. Uh, and then there's uh, the f- one before this was a uh, sympathy for Mister Vengeance. Yeah, cause that, that's that's why I was confusing earlier with the uh, the other two films in his uh, trilogy. I was I was thinking that was the name of the uh, manga. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, and he also did this uh, wrote this movie uh, and directed this movie a few years ago called The Handmaiden that I really want to see. Oh yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah, it's on, on my watch list. Mine too. I I, bit, uh, I I meant to watch it before today, but you know, shit happened. So yeah. <laughs> but um. So yeah, is uh, anything else anyone wants to talk about, or kind of winding down? I kind of have a fun fact. Uh, this movie at uh, the 2004 Cannes Festival went up against Shrek 2 Ooh, for the oh. Grand Prix Award. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I should mention that. that and Tarantino uh, was the jury director, so they, they, uh, <laughs> he saw the bootlick and he was like, "Yeah, he's like, this got to be it." Yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because a lot of people do compare Park Chan Wook to. Tarantino, yeah, <laughs> which like I see it. Some of it I see, but I also think it's a little reductive. I saw a review on Letterboxd that it was the sexist, uh, the sexist version of Kill Bill. I was like, wait, wait, what? wait, this movie? Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, like uh, I understand. It may be very basic from, terms, but, but like, yeah, uh, but also like Kill Bill's also not a feminist movie either. Mm-mm. But uh, like, someone's gonna say was that if. Uh, Parasite also deals with uh, class uh, clashing. So yeah, in much more explicit ways. Yeah, if you haven't already, go see Parasite. For sure. I was gonna say definitely no Parasite spoilers on here. No, 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 we're, no, no. we're not. We're. Well, just, I just we're I just wanted to say that you see you see this as well in Parasite with class. It uh, seems to be a, a very big cultural theme. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, if you need uh, you need to go see it. It's probably one of the best movies this year. All righty. Let's get into some plugs, I guess. Uh, I guess some plugs. You can follow us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, and SoundCloud, as well as Twitter at AYCH Podcast. You can follow us on YouTube at All You Can Hear. You can follow us at Twitch at twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear, and follow uh, our, us at Instagram at All You Can Hear. My name is Jonathan. Once again, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterbox at John Odinson 12 for some hot takes on movies. My name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. This is Patrick. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Lost His Name. Follow my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. And you can follow the podcast on Letterboss at all you can hear. Woo, 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 woo. I was about to say, Patrick's been uh, working. Uh, it, it's actually, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Patrick's been working on that for the past couple of weeks, and it's really nice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tanner1495. Thank you for listening. Uh, 
If you want to watch Old Boy for free, if you are a student, you probably have access to something called Canopy. Uh, get it. It's an app. And uh, if you have a student account, just lo uh, log in, but connect it. And you should be able to get that for free and be able to watch it. But uh, I'm Winslow. You can follow me on Twitter at Winsley Wilkie. You can follow my art Instagram at World of Winsley. I was going to mention that sometimes public libraries also have access to Yeah, okay, so yeah. Always check your library, whether you're a student, whether you are a citizen of your town. Your libraries have access to a lot of different movies, and they may even have a copy of the movie you're looking for in stores. So yeah, yeah. support your local library. My name is Cody, and you can follow me at CODDOC11. That's CODDOC11 on Instagram and Letterboxd. Thank you. Bye.